Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Has led up to that moment, right? If you and and so a lot of you don't know who Laura is, but I can on it, like, but I can say the process that has brought her to this point. She is transformed. She went, she's come, she's been with us for probably, what, four years? And she came broken, she came abused, she literally abused out of an abusive relationship and uh, a marriage. And she has now been actually what you see before. It's just phenomenal what the Lord has done and what he will continue to do. And that's just, that's, that's one story. That's just one story. All of us, each person in this room, we have our own stories of process. And and that's why we say we don't judge. Because I can't judge your process because I don't know all of your stories. So if I judge you for what I see in front of me, or you judge me for what you see in front of you, we're in trouble. Right? It's, that's, I'm just blown away. It's, it's, it's so awesome. And to be as a house, to be able to sow into that financially, um, spiritually, is, is phenomenal. And it's just good. Anyway, that is, that's for free. So um, before I speak, wow, we are, it is. Before I go on far, far ugh, I don't even know if I'll be able to speak this morning. Before we go on, um, I want to, we have a need in our house. And um, Amy, I want to, um, I'm not going to get you to speak, if that's okay. I want to just, because not that I don't, stop texting me. Um, Amy needs some prayer. Amy needs help. She came to me this morning and she says, my family is under attack my family, I need, I need House of Hope to stand with me and surround me and cover me in this time. So that's all I'm going to say. But what I want us to do is to stand up. I want six or eight of you to go, and we are going to do a prophetic act, and we've done this before. We're going to stand with Amy. Amy, I want you to come up here. <clears throat> Can I get six or eight of you? And we're going to surround Amy. Stand up a little bit forward. And what I want you to do is I want you to stand with your backs towards her. And this is a prophetic symbol, Amy, of your family standing around you and protecting you. And so in Jesus' name, we come And we surround Amy with our love, with our acceptance, as as a family. And this is a prophetic symbol of, of we have your back. And every person is facing out because they are deflecting the enemy's attacks over your family. And we declare this morning, there is breakthrough in your family. There is breakthrough in your heart. There is cleaning. There is healing. There is restoration. And you and your family are becoming who heaven says you are because that is who you are. That is your destiny. That is your inheritance through Jesus. And so we stand together with you this morning. And we declare our love for you. 
and we just say yes. Amen? Amen. All right. There we go. Just go down. There we go. All right, now I'm going to preach. You know, if you're fighting it, you might as well just give into it because it's just like. So I want to talk a few minutes this morning. Um, I want to share a little bit about my trip um, last week to Sacramento. Some of you didn't even know I was going. The leadership team included. <laughs> it, it, it really got us quick. Like, it was like fast. We had talked about it in the fall, and I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, it's February, just gone. <laughs> so um, what I did, are we, are we on? Okay, so just so I know. Hello. Um, what, what I did is, we're part, um, Deanne and I are ordained through, it's called the River Revival Network. And they are the network that actually ordains and licenses the pastors at Bethel. And two years ago, we felt that we needed um, a little bit more, what's the word, authenticity? No, we're not authenticity. We're just covering whatever protection. Just when someone said, are you guys Lone Rangers? No, we're actually underneath a, a covering. And, and, and Bethel wasn't, at that point, wasn't taking people, um, you guys aren't done yet, just, just, just soak. Um, Bethel wasn't really doing that. We were, we were part of a relational network. Anyway, so the river is what it was. And so Deanne and I became ordained. Um, so you have to actually call us reverend now. Um, (laughs) just kidding. Um, you're leaving, (laughs) but um, so it was the first time that I was able to go down and actually join their leadership gathering of all their leaders. It's called, it was called the West Coast um, Leaders Gathering. And um, there's only two other churches, or there's two churches in Canada that are licensed ordained through the river, um, and that's Cochrane. Some of you guys know Matt and Jillian Butler. They've been here, and, um, and then ourselves. So Matt and I were able to go down, and we had a, an amazing time. Not only just together we got to share a room, um, but it was just neat meeting like-minded people, men and women who had a heart for revival and want to see Jesus get his full reward. So it was just a great, great time. And plus, we, I made connections and, and like relationally, um, and it was just, it was awesome. And in that process, they had a, actually an ordination ceremony where the leaders of the river came and there was a bunch bunch of people who were being ordained. And even though I was ordained on paper, they were able to lay hands on me and I got this cool little rope and it was, it was like, so yeah, it was like, wow. But so next year when Deanne goes, she gets to go through that. Yeah. Just never mind. Rope, she says. So one of the things that I took out of that, um, that time was God has been saying the same things to multiple houses. And it was really encouraging for me to see that God, like what's going on here in Cranbrook is happening in Fresno, in San Francisco, in Los Angeles, in North Dakota, in Alberta, in, in Washington State. And what God is saying is that you need to be 
a place of light. Not just in the church, but in the city. And it's something that we've talked about in the last several years. When I say years, I mean years, because it's a process. But we had, a, we had a, a group time, and one of the churches, one of the ladies, she's got this amazing heart for her city. And she actually spends more time, and she's the senior leader, she spends more time in the city than she does in the church. And, and she's got this call, and she works with the, the city council, and, and she's, it's taken years for her to actually build up relationship where they actually trust her. And, and, I mean, long story short, she she's just has this connection, and she loves her city. And that was the connect, that was the current, that was the, what's the word, sorry, that was the consistent theme, thank you. That was a consistent theme of these people who were sharing, was that they loved their city. And I know, I know that we love our city. We love our city of Cranbrook. And we're constantly looking for ways that we can actually support and bless our city and do things. And I believe the time is coming in this year or in the next, in the next two years, say in the next 24 months, we are actually going to be in a place of greater influence um, with our city, but it actually will require us to step out of our own comfort zones and, and to, to do that. But we have to start with a heart to see our city transformed. Not for our city to become a Christian city, but to see the residents of our city to become into the kingdom, to become, to come to Jesus. And so um, one of the things that these guys do, they, they have an adopt-a-cop program. And they went to the city police, and uh, they said, our church wants to adopt your policeman. And they're like, what? What kind of craziness is that? And it took time, but they basically said, like, we want to pray for your police. Each family in our church wants to take a member of your, of your force, and they, we want them to know that we are praying for them, that we bless them, that sometimes they invite them over for dinner, sometimes they bake them stuff, sometimes they just give them prophetic words of encouragement, but most often they just simply say, we are praying for you and we love you. And I thought, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's something we can all do. Um, another one of them, they, they have um, like Christmas feasts for the poor. They, instead of meeting together as a church family for their Christmas dinner, they actually open it up and then they serve their community. And I thought, that's amazing too. And not to say that we have to do all of these things to copy what is going on. But my mind was, and my spirit, my heart was, were opened up to say the potential of what could be done by loving our city. And I believe in the next few months and stuff, God's going to begin to drop into your hearts ways that we as a house can actually start to begin to love our city and love it better. And to, to, to encourage and to do things. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But um, another, you can, your bum is sore. <laughs> Well, you can get up if you can, yeah. Except Holy Spirit, get him. He's like crawling. <laughs> I met, um, I don't know if a few years ago, uh, there was a lady, she's connected with Bethel relationally. She was the, uh, she was the mayor of Fresno. 
And she was voted in. It was a supernatural thing. There was prophetic words given. It was probably about three years ago. So I met her husband. He's on the council of the river. And um, people were all excited because a Christian got voted in as a mayor. And they kept saying to her, or they kept saying, we have a Christian mayor. We have a Christian mayor. This is so good. All the churches, we have a Christian mayor. And it got to the point where she finally stood up at a press count, press. Uh, a press gathering, and she says, I am not a Christian mayor. I am a mayor who is a Christian. And I am serving my city, and I will serve serve you regardless of your faith, regardless of your gender, whatever, uh, leanings, whatever. I will serve you because I love you. And there was a distinction, I thought, so often we get caught up in the word Christian and there's nothing wrong with that, but it defines something that people don't like. Because Christians, unfortunately, don't have a very positive influence because of past influences. And so for us as a house to start to go in and just serve, we almost have to go in undercover and just love and just serve and just do things that we know that are going to make, an ex- uh, uh, make a, a difference. Um. So then I got thinking about, um, no, sorry, I'm going to back. I did get thinking, but when I got back um, this week, I was, uh, you know, I took this week, I had a lot, bunch of admin stuff that I had to get done. And, and on this last Friday, so day before yesterday, there was a uh, prayer, prayer lunch for our MLA. And I have never gone to one of these. I'm thinking I'll let that go with the, with the intercessors and, um, Maddie says to me, I think it was on Tuesday, Dad, what are you doing on, on uh, Friday? And I was like, nothing. Um, I got this, this, and this, whatever. And she says, you're not going to the prayer, the prayer lunch for, for, for our MLA? I'm like, how did you even know about that? And she's like, well, Dad, you need to go. And I was, <laughs> I was like, well, okay. And then I said, I'll go if you go. And she's like, okay, I think I can do that. So Friday comes along. I take grab Maddie from school, and we went to this MLA uh, prayer, prayer lunch. And it was really good. I was shocked by how few people were there. It was, it was like, huh, here's an opportunity to hear from the heart of Tom Shapikar, MLA, and hear his heart and see what is going on. And, and he had some amazing reports, actually, what is going on. In in I was going to say Congress, but I've been in the states too long. In uh, in Victoria, and then so talk talk talk. It was all good, and then we had a chance to actually go up and lay hands on him and pray for him, and it was really cool. So I'm standing here beside him, and I'm laying hands on him, and the Lord just kind of fills me with a bunch of stuff for him. And I was like, oh, cool. So I just started to pray for them, right? And then there's Maddie, and she's got and she's she's engaging. And she was by far the youngest in that room. And then I was the next youngest. <laughs> wow, it's right. I was like, wow. And so we finished up the whole room had, who had wanted to pray. They started praying for him and prayed for him. And then we finish, and he turns to me, and he embraces this massive bear hug, embraces me, and says, thank you so much. That meant something to me. And I thought, huh, we do not know what 
our influence is until we actually step out and do something that we're not necessarily comfortable with. And it wasn't that I wasn't comfortable going. It was just, I'm just thinking, that's just not my scene, right? But if we are truly to love our city, then we actually will put ourselves in positions where God can use us and we can be light. If you have your Bibles, I want to make this morning official by reading something from the Bible. Matthew 5, verse 10, it says, How enriched you are when you bear the wounds of, of being persecuted for doing what is right. For that is when you experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. How ecstatic you can be when people insult and persecute you and speak all kinds of cruel lies about you because of your love for me. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about the church here. This often happens within our own church, within our fellowships. Of course, it doesn't happen within House of Hope because we're above that, but in other churches. (laughs) But Jesus wasn't talking about that. We should actually know better not to be doing this. He's actually talking about people who know Jesus and people who are persecuting because, because of our relationship with Jesus. Not because we're having brother and sister squabbles, but that is a completely different thing. For you are being rejected the same way the prophets were before you. Verse 13, your lives are like salt among the people. So Jesus is saying, your lives, you, are like salt among the people. But if you, like salt, become bland, how many of you guys have ever had bland salt? Honestly, I cannot say, like, I've never found salt to be bad. So I'm wondering if Jesus was actually saying it's impossible. Even though he says what, we, what they do with salt is that they throw it on and it becomes a roadway. And that's what he says later. He says, um, how can saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing, and it will be thrown out and trampled on by others. Chemically, you can't change salt Salt is sodium and chloride. If you break that up, it doesn't become salt. So I'm just just throwing out that I have no idea what Jesus was talking about here because salt can't become flavorless because then it's not salt. I think it was something he was playing with. Anyway, verse 14. And this is what what I want to focus in on. Verse 14, it says, Your lives light up the world. In other versions, it said, You are the light of the world. But in this translation, in the Passion, it says, Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. Not lice. Benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. I believe that we are believing lies, and and we have some lies that we just have to go after. And I was reviewing some notes from Steve Backland, and these kind of things stood out. And it ties into what our heart is to serve this city. The first lie... Um, that we want to go after is that I'm a second-class Christian. And if I'm doing anything other than church, I'm not good enough. 
It's a lie. Because God has called us not to house of hope, although he's called us to be in house of hope and to be as a family, he's called us out. And we, and we can talk about the seven mountains of influence and different mountains and happens to be that my mountain that God has called me to do is the church. But most of you are not. I would say some of you are called to the church, but others are called to be a first-class Christian in any area that he's called you to do. So that's a lie. There, is, there are no second-class Christians. There are none. If he's called you to be like Jill, a hairstylist, or a barista, or retired, or a truck driver, or whatever it is, you are there, and that is your influence. That is where God has called you to be, and you, you be Daniel in that area. If you're called to the political realm, you be Daniel. Daniel served a king that was evil, and he did it with his whole heart for 90 years. You know, 90 years he served kings that were evil, right? He was, anyway, that's a different one. Second lie, and I'm going to run through these because we had a lot going on this morning. Um, Lie number two, my work is not important. And this goes into, into what Jesus is saying. You are the light of the world. So if you are a bank teller, your work, your work is important. Come on. Right? If you are a college professor, your, your work is definitely important. You know, if you, if you are a construction, whatever it is, your life, your work is important in that place because you are the light of that place. That's what, that's what Jesus has called you to do. Lie number three is, one day I'll be in ministry. Just, just get rid of that lie. Your life is ministry. Jesus called you, you believe, you follow, you're in ministry. Bam, I can just say right now, you are in ministry. That's what you are. That's who you are. Because Jesus called you. He didn't say, pastors, go into the, all the world and preach the gospel. He was like, whoever's going to listen, whoever's going to walk in this call, go into the world and change that. Be light. You are light. Take me with you. Influence the world. Draw them to me. That is your assignment. So it's not one day I'll be in ministry. It's thank you, Jesus, that today I get to influence people around me through, being, through you coming out of me. Line number four is, I can only encounter the glory in church. You know, sometimes we think that what we had this morning through worship, we have to have everything as a perfect, it's got to be a perfect kind of a time where everything is like the worship band crescendos and the Holy Spirit falls and then we have healing and, and then and this goes and then it's just awesome and everybody is kumbaya and, and that's the glory. It doesn't have to be. You know, that's great, and we use those as times that we can actually practice hearing and feeling and knowing his presence. But what about those times that we're sitting in Starbucks and, the Lord, and we're talking, and, and the Lord says to somebody else to come and talk to us? I was with Travis a few weeks ago. Wherever, there's Travis right there. You know, it was a few weeks ago I was with Travis, and we're talking, and this, this, this young girl comes, and she slips him a piece of paper, and she says, I don't know if this means anything to you. But, and then she walks away. 
And he reads it and he starts laughing because it was a, it was a word that was specific to him through what he was going through. And I thought, that's amazing, right? She listened and her influence there, she did what she was supposed to do. So the, some of the greatest counseling and some of the greatest places of glory comes when we're actually not looking for it because he just, heaven comes down and we're obedient. And the fifth lie um, is only what happens in church advances the kingdom. And I'm not saying these are lies. All of these lies are something that we believe, but these are things that separate a lot of us from doing what God has called us to do. So only what happens in church advances the kingdom. I would say that's a lie. And the truth is, wherever we are and whatever we're doing, we're advancing the kingdom. Are we advancing the kingdom in here today? Absolutely. When Randy goes to work Monday morning and is influencing the atmosphere at Nissan, is he advancing the kingdom? Probably not, because it's Nissan and only God drives Subarus. But, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Somebody pulled in this morning, or someone said to me, it's like pulling into House of Hope, it's like a Subaru parking lot. And I'm like, yeah, it is. (laughs) Except Deanne. Well, I mean, those of you who drive Hondas, you guys are good because she come in a Honda and it's all good. So, you know, tongues, whatever. Okay. Thanks, Russ. That's awesome. (laughs) So it's not just what happens in church on a Sunday morning advances the kingdom. We have to get into, into our hearts that we advance the kingdom by letting the kingdom out. The kingdom is here now. And Jesus is, is, is advancing. Jesus is advancing and it's growing and it's going forward. And if you don't believe that, come and talk to me. Because there's different beliefs out there. But we truly do believe that the kingdom is here and now and, and Jesus is growing. You know, the fig tree, the, the, the leaven, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like, like leaven. It continues to grow and it continues to reproduce and it, can, it continues to repopulate. And that's who we are. And so the next, you know, few weeks, months, um, we're going to... We're going to be actually talking about and, and ruling out ways that we can actually serve our city. We have an election coming up. Um, there might be a by-election coming up too this year. I'm not sure. We lost one of our city councillors. So I don't know if there's a by-election or not. But I know there's a federal election. Praise Jesus. Oh, sorry. I have to be a partisan. Actually, I'm not partisan. I am I'm not. I'm whatever. I'm not going there. But what I am is I'm passionate, and we do need to get, we do need to be opinionated, and but with opinions of the kingdom, and not just what we think are good ideas. And so we need to serve. We need to serve our city. We need to get involved. There could be ways of getting involved in different ways coming up. I don't know. But through influence with government leaders, through city fathers, city mothers, ways that we can actually serve. I think there's opportunities that are going to come. And we are actually going to be set aside and set up as House of Hope. We're like that city on a hill. We actually are sitting here on a hill. And the light, people are going to actually start to know us as, wow, they love Cranbrook well. And there's no religion around, among them. It's, it's something different. It's Jesus.
Does that make sense? So, all right, that was like seven pages of notes and fast. So, <laughs> what's that? Nice work, nice work. So let's stand. <clears throat> oh, and I wanted to read this too. This fit in. Um, I, Dan asked me to Dan asked to borrow a book, and I opened up the book, and I got a prophetic word about I don't know when the, whenever that book was released, um, and it's from our Bethel Leaders Network, and it ties into our message today. It says, "Ideas have a tendency to come from the outside of the box. Embrace those moments of creativity. You can clean up the mess later." The box isn't big enough for you anymore. You need a bigger box. Dream bigger. Go for it. He has the box you need. And I received that prophetically, personally, but I know whatever I receive personally, I can release to you because we're family. And it's like, I'm like, but God, I don't need a box. I don't want a box. He's like, no, you need a box because you need boundaries. But you have to be a willing and able to allow me to expand that box when needed. And so right now, House of Hope, I believe that God is expanding our box. And it's going to look different. We are actually in a place that we are going to look different in a year than we do today. And it's going to be him. It's going to be Jesus. And we're going to look differently. There's people coming. There's, I mean, the fact that the Williams are here. They're back home. They're coming. And we have Randy and Judy joining us in the Poteets. There's, there's just change happening. And he's like, that's just the beginning. There's more coming. And so we're going to receive that. And we receive that word. Or I should say, I've received that word. Do you receive that word that the box is changing? All right. So, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you that... We are growing and our influence is changing and that our hearts to serve you, serve each other and serve our city are becoming forefront in our spirits. And I actually ask you to move this emotion from our heads to our hearts, that it would sit in our hearts and and be birthed. A vision would be birthed from health of health of hope. I have house of hope. Yeah, like a hair-lipped dog. Merk, merk, merk. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, where was I? So, Father, I just say yes to the vision that is birthed in our hearts. And we just say yes to you, Jesus. Amen? All right. Ministry team, come on up. We're going to pray. Um, Kathy, are you going to I'll close this. Just uh, ministry team, if you want to come up. Uh, If you need prayer this morning for more, we've had lots going on this morning. But if you need some more, because like I said, he has it all. He wants to give it all. So Lord, just come on up. Amen. And then join us for lunch. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.